0: It's time to join Montana's very own and your voice for agriculture, Talkin' Ag Lane Nordland for today's LaneCast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the agriculture conversation on the LaneCast. We are going to continue to talk about the issues that impact Western ranchers and our rural communities right here in the West. And we have been talking for the past few months about the Public Lands Council their 50th anniversary, and their upcoming meeting that is going to be taking place in Park City, Utah. And our guest today is Utah Rancher, Mr. Chad Osgathorpe. Chad, how are things going here today, and thanks for joining the LaneCast.
1: Uh, Things are going great today. Nice, beautiful day here in Utah.
0: Let's get a a basis set for where your guys' ranch is at, and uh, once folks come down to the 50th PLC meeting, they'll actually be touring that ranch at the end of the convention let's talk about your operation uh, the the outstanding sheep you raise and also we can talk about your wife linda and those two beautiful children you have as well
1: so um we've started doing sheep pretty much it's basically been our whole lives three generations now and we're based out of park city utah we run right with the um canyons slash park city mountain resort ski resort which is very unique in itself we're one of the only sheep operations that go hand in hand with a ski operation and the livestock operation and so it's got its unique challenges and unique benefits To where we part of being the ranch right there we get to show um, world-class people what it is we do with our sheep and wool and lambs and show the Um, logging projects and everything that we get to do so um, my my dad got us into the started getting the sheep and he's got roughly about 2,500 ewes and they are all the Merino breed as far as the Merino breed we've reason we've chosen that is back in the old days my when my dad was first in the sheep operation he um, wasn't making very much money off the wool wasn't selling very good and So we decided if we wanted to keep raising sheep, we needed to help with our wool. So we went to the Merino Fine Wool. And since then, it's helped us um, with the price of our wool. And proudly enough, we can say that all of our family's wool this year went to the U.S. military. And as far as Park City, Utah, it is definitely a visitor's tourist hotbed. It's part of our whole goal on our ranch is to... um, educate and show people what we do and how we do it and to show them that we don't just care for the land we love the land we want to have the land like it was when we got it and even better so a way that we do that on our operation is that the stream coming out of the mountain if it's dirty we've done something wrong but if it's clean and clear we're obviously doing things right in my 30 years of existence that stream has been clean I've never seen it
0: dirty. Well, and just uh, your ranching operation, of course, is J12 Ranch and Livestock. And you mentioned just having that interaction with Park City being a resort destination. It is an opportunity to reach out and showcase the stewardship that ranchers have on private and public lands. Could you share an example of maybe one of those really good experiences where someone that has no clue the role that ranchers play in being stewards? Stewards of our lands really opened up an opportunity just because you were grazing sheep near the resort.
1: So uh, one one great example I would say is when I was up skiing probably five or six years ago, we had some people come up to us and talk to us about the land and everything, and they were real interested in what happens during the summer here because they see all the snow and tourists, even the money that it brings in, and so they were interested in see what it looks like in the summer. So. I, I told them a little bit about what we do and how we farm and ranch. And one of the things they they all have stereotypes of what farmers and ranchers do. And until so you can actually get them out of their comfort zone and show them what you do by either photos or I would say what it really showed them was that how we teach our kids to do it every day with us. That was one of the unique things they just never grew up around a farm so they didn't know how to feed a sheep how to um, basically how we breed them and the whole from point a to point b and that was just blew me blew me away so when i heard them talking about this that's what got me really involved in the uh, asi young farmers group so with that story is, is i was able to show them happy and showing what the terrain looks like and they were just in awe of what we do why we do what we do is we don't need credits or awards to say that we've done amazing things we just need in my opinion i just we just need to be able to show our side of the story and
0: That's so important. And you mentioned ASI, the American Sheep Industry Association, uh, a group that is uh, a part of the Public Lands Council because both sheep and cattle graze on our public lands. And and you mentioned uh, teaching your children about respecting the land, respecting livestock, and and having a work ethic uh, to go along with it. You know, 50 years has come by pretty fast for the founders of the Public Lands Council, and as we look to the next 50 years ahead. It, that's going to be here before we know it which is really scary for us young guys to think 50 years is going to be here before we know it but but that's just the fact of life what, what do you tell your kids what why why do you want them to be a part of the operation if they choose to come back and uh, and raise sheep there near park city and uh, why why should they be involved in groups like PLC and the American Sheep Industry Association and uh, all the associations in Utah as well
1: as i teach my Daughter and son, all life on the farm. One of the greatest things I show them is that it's not just, yeah, the work's hard, but you got to make it fun. Whereas most play, if you don't make it fun, it's obviously going to be one of those jobs where you don't like it. So I just always emphasize it is hard work, but let's have fun while we do it, and that can be just as simple as taking my daughter or son on a, a ranger ride around the ranch or in the tractors, cutting hay, belling hay, and just getting them out there, showing them that our job's not really a job, it's more of a lifestyle. I would say as far as getting them um, involved with the young groups in the ASIs of the world and PLC, the Public Lands Council, I would say that's one of our biggest tools that we have that allows us to fight some of the policies and rule changes that happen every day in our lives. They help us get our stories out. So I think it's very important that we all join these committees and associations so that way we can get to know our congressmen and our senators a lot better on a hands-on basis. So as part of one of uh, my goals is out here in Utah, as we started a young farmer group for the, uh, wool growers association out here it's a wool growers association and this last year we actually took a group to um washington dc to show them around the capitol and give them insight on wh- what these people are doing fighting for us our congressmen and senators and to actually get out there and meet them and put a face for the congressmen and senators put a face with the name ever since then i've gone i've actually been fortunate enough to go back to D.C. three or four times, and I've actually, our representative Stewart here, Chris Stewart, um, we were back there this last year, and he said, oh, I, I remember you, and so and so, and it was just crazy to think that he's
0: that far away, and
1: still he had that image of this farmer that came and visited me.
0: Well, we talk about uh, going out there with uh, young wool producers from the state of Utah, and also that's where the Public Lands Council is housed. And that, of course, speaks tremendously about uh, the the thought process that went into the forming of the Public Lands Council 50 years ago, the importance of having boots on the ground and having a voice for ranchers just like yourself who can only go out there maybe once or twice a year or, or maybe not for for a few years What's it like knowing that you have a voice with the Public Lands Council and with the American Sheep Industry Association in D.C. every single day of the year, going up and talking with representatives from Utah and across the nation being your voice? What, why, why is that so important?
1: It's so important because as farmers and ranchers, we don't have every day to be back there and to keep fighting on it. So we need to be able to rely on associations like the Public Lands Council and ASI, so that way we can oh, we can just send an email and say, hey, um, so I did, heard this today, or can you help fight this a little more? And they give us a, um, more of a talking point, whereas because they're there every day. So when they hear the congressmen or senators hear groups from the Public Lands Council, they want to pay attention to that because they know that that carries weight and they know where that's coming from. So I think it's very important that we, do get to take these chances and go out there whenever we can, even if that's once every four or five years. But just going out there and just showing them what, telling them what we do, and getting that in your face out there so they know who they're fighting for. And as far as public lands council, they're our biggest asset and tool out there that we have, where we can just pick up the phone or email or see them at a meeting and talk to them, and they know what we're fighting against and So it helps us just tell them what we need to be able to succeed and and to let a fourth generation or my kids take over the operation.
0: Now, the event... In Park City. It's going to be here so fast. It's coming up in, in just under a month, September 26th through the 29th there at the resort in Park City. And I, I need to give a shout out for the Public Lands Council because they have partnered with uh, with a great group. I, I need to give them a plug here uh, in, in today's show. Uh, PLC's partnered with Ag Risk Advisors and WSR Insurance. And uh, during this year's meeting, they're going to pr- provide attendees uh, exclusive risk management opportunities Uh, ag risk advisors and WSR insurance are going to be working with livestock operations and they do this throughout the western United States to help ranchers craft custom solutions to protect against drought fire and ever changing markets and we know all about those ever changing markets in agriculture so I would just like to encourage everyone to come down to the PLC meeting in Park City, September 26th through the 29th, and we're going to talk with these trusted and experienced advisors to receive firsthand assistance in navigating the risk management space in agriculture. We're going to do a podcast with them, but for all the folks going to the PLC uh, event there in Park City, this is going to be a great opportunity, and and they are looking forward to working with PLC um, uh, attendees at this year's event in Park City. So I just needed to give them a plug, but at the end of the day, Chad, uh, the folks all coming down to Park City, they're really coming to, to celebrate five decades of having a voice in Washington, D.C., and we've been talking about challenges on our western ranches, and what what is one thing that, that you have learned, your young producer, what, what's one thing you have taken away being involved in these organizations when you have to advocate, especially as a public lands ranchers, against groups that just don't understand. And why we play a critical role in the health of our public lands and uh, having food and fiber for the nation and the world.
1: I think the biggest thing is you have to be patient and sometimes step back and see what, you, what audience you're talking to. And I think the biggest thing that these associations and things have taught me is those things, to be patient and share your side of the story, even if it's thought upon negatively by the person you're talking to, but try to get out the key points of, what you do and how you do it and why you do it. And so I think one of the biggest things is that I've learned from these organizations is um, you got to share your story and you got to, you got to go to these meetings and meet people and create alliances with all, with all the great associations around. And also just in general, I, I think it's a great leadership tool. So that way, we can become leaders, and that would be our greatest asset if we can actually get more boots in Washington and more cowboy hats and it would be great
0: so so Chad, you brought up a very interesting point: being involved in going to these events uh, it takes a lot of time away from the operation, especially for young producers. but you've been to events across the nation and uh, attended these national meetings, and there's so many experienced ranchers and farmers that attend uh, association meetings and help uh, be a voice for the industry. But sometimes it's tough to get those younger producers at the table, but we need those younger producers to join us at these tables. Uh, What's the bit of advice that you have for them and uh, to encourage folks to uh, join those experienced producers at the table and get uh, some younger uh, generations at the table and to share their ideas and and be a voice for agriculture?
1: I would say for the young people, we, we need to get out there and show our voice. We are the future, and we got to make alliances now. So when we go fight things, we can already have strong alliances. And I would say if you're hesitant or leaning on going to these um, meetings or conferences and stuff, I would definitely go. I wouldn't sit around and wait because everybody else that's fighting against us, they're not waiting. They're going now, and we need to... We need to be building leaders and groups and things like that. And as far as the young generation, I mean, if we don't fight for what we do in our lifestyle, it's going to be gone. And we're going to wake up one day and realize, well, I wish we went to that meeting instead of making an excuse of why we can't go. And I would say also that, I mean, look at these places we get to go to. It's in Park City, Utah. I mean, beautiful fall weather and not very many people can say that they can go to Park City or DC or wherever these cattle conferences are or sheep conferences. And you can learn from the older generation and see what they've done right. And you can give your input and show them what you can do with social media or getting your story out there and things like that.
0: Now, Chad, my one of my last questions for you is uh, we're celebrating 50 years of the Public Lands Council at the end of September. Where do you see the next 50 years of the Public Lands Council going?
1: The next 50 years, it's crazy to think about that. Um, You know, I think it's going to be more of a push of getting our story out more on social media. And I think the biggest thing is actually, as far as Public Lands Council and everything, is getting more and more people out on the farm and actually showing what we do and things like that. And I would also say that we need to, instill it in our children that this is what we do and this is why we do it and I just think it's the greatest benefit that we have is that we can only get better and stronger and at the social media and sharing our story and I would even go as far as getting things in schools where we can go in and teach and help people understand farming and so they actually get the real story of farmers instead of what's in a book or a magazine and getting, getting our faces out there just showing people what we do and why
0: another question i have for you and then i'll, I'll give you let you have your final thoughts on on uh on ranching on on public land but uh, where, where would your operation be if you were unable to have public land allotments to run your sheep on
1: well without public land allotments we would be we might not i mean we probably wouldn't exist i mean it would be a total different operation we'd have to do something out of our comfort zone we'd have to feed hay every day and it just wouldn't cost effectively that we wouldn't be able to survive so without public lands we probably do not exist and
0: also chad some people say that uh public lands ranching is a handout to ranchers. I don't believe that and I know you don't believe that because you know the time uh, that you spend improving those lands and the improvements that come every single year. What what's your response to someone that that would say that to you as a public lands rancher that knows the benefit of it?
1: I would tell them that um that uh, the public lands are very important and that we treat it better than anybody will ever treat it and we always will take care of the water the roads, the forest, the trees, the animals, the wildlife. And we actually have to pay a fee to actually be on these lands where a lot of people, you don't have to pay a fee to be on public lands. So I think a lot of people don't understand that we actually pay for public lands where they get to just, they can just go on them and tour around. And, and I think our biggest thing is that, that would just our stewardship of land and that it, There's over probably 22,000 people that rely on this, ranching families, and it just brings so many jobs and everything due to the economy
0: and this is my last question i promise i keep saying these are going to be my last questions but what what are some fun things for folks uh coming down to the meeting at the end of september maybe they're bringing the whole family what are some uh, uh things that they can do around the resort in park city when the meetings aren't going on or or if uh, they got dad or grandpa at the meeting so uh, what what can the family do during the day
1: uh during the day there's um, mountain biking there's the utah olympic park um where the 2002 Olympics were. If you're brave enough, you could slide down a mountain there on an inner tube down the, the actual ski hill, the ski jumping where the ski jumpers go off. You can actually ride a tube down it, or you can go down on a bobsled or, or just simply just taking a gondola ride up right at the ski resort there where the conference will be happening. For some, just I'm enjoying the colors and the crisp air and maybe even the pool for the kids or the um, local farmer's markets that go on other than that I would just say maybe just going out for a hike and enjoying the plentiful restaurants that we have. Well, Some I'm truly food.
0: looking forward to heading down there uh, at the end of September and just seeing all, all the friends that I've gained over the years uh, being involved with uh, so many different agricultural organizations from the American sheep industry and all the way to helping promote and spread the good word about the Public Lands Council. Chad Osgathorpe, thank you so much for uh, for joining us here today and, and sharing your thoughts on uh, being a young rancher and uh, advocate for the Public Lands Council and uh, sharing your thoughts on where the the PLC, uh, will head in the next 50 years, and I look forward to getting a tour of your guys's place uh, on the range tour at the end of this year's event. Again, the event, visit org to learn more about all the speakers, uh, the sponsors and supporters, and of course get registered for the PLC's 50th meeting coming up September 26th through the 29th. That'll do it for today's Landcast. For more, visit us online at nordlandcommunications.com and give us a like on Facebook at Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and make sure and subscribe to the Lanecast on your Apple or Android devices today. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning into the Lanecast with and Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and nordlandcommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lanecast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the Lanecast.